Thank you for downloading this podcast from BJOG. This is a podcast on the editorial of the March 2022 issue of BGOG, and my name is Patrick Chen. In this issue, I'd like to highlight several articles examining the impact of childbirth on subsequent women's health. Delivering a baby is one of the most memorable moments in a woman's life experience, but it can also lead to short and lifelong consequences. Worldwide, postpartum hemorrhage, or PPH, remains a major cause of maternal morbidity and death. LaForce and colleagues examined the delivery records of over 1.5 million deliveries classified as Robson Groups 1 to 5, which are termed singleton pregnancies in Vertex presentation in a national Swedish register between the years 2000 and 2016 in order to examine the temporal trends in PPH and also to assess for any maternal, comorbidity, and obstetric practice risk factors to explain for any observed change. PPH was defined as blood loss at delivery of over a litre. Over this time period, the incidence of PPH increased by 37%, with the risk factors studied only being able to explain a small proportion of the observed change. The incidence of PPH increased in all the Robson groups studied, except for those women who had pre-labor caesarean section. The findings from this study is highly dependent on the accuracy of the blood loss measured at delivery. As expected, the blood loss at a vaginal delivery was estimated visually or by weighing pads, which has been known to be potentially inaccurate and hence inflate the actual amount of blood loss. So what if the diagnosis of PPH is being made more frequently when the incidence of maternal death may not be increased, especially in a high-income country like Sweden? May and colleagues examined the temporal trend in maternal mortality in India over two decades, from the years 1997 to 2020. Although there was a 70% reduction in the maternal mortality rate over this period, there is still a wide disparity with this rate between the poorer northern and northeastern states compared to elsewhere in the country. The leading causes of death are maternal hemorrhage, pregnancy-related infection, and hypertensive disorder of pregnancy. This suggests that a significant number of such deaths are still occurring during childbirth and hence the need to be able to provide high-quality intrapartum care. Another possible sequelae from childbirth is injury to the pelvic floor and or the bladder neck with the possibility of the need for surgery and the risk of potential treatment complications and failure. Rusavi and colleagues conducted a comprehensive systematic review to compare the risks of levator avulsion following childbirth. From this review, it appears that having a caesarean section was associated with the lowest risk of levator avulsion at 1%, irrespective of whether this outcome was ascertained using MRI or pelvic ultrasound scanning. Compared to this mode of delivery, the odds of a levator avulsion with a spontaneous vaginal delivery was 10.7 times higher. The odds ratio of sustaining a levator avulsion with a von Tuss or forceps delivery was 1.7 and 6.3 respectively when compared to a spontaneous vaginal delivery. In the studies with a head-to-head comparison between forceps and von Tuss delivery, 
the odds of a levator avulsion was four times higher in the women who underwent the former mode of delivery. In those women who subsequently have a prolapse in later life and require a surgical repair, there has been much recent interest in what type of surgical repair will result in less surgical complications and recurrence of prolapse requiring a repeat operation. Friedel and colleagues reported data from a French registry on 19 urogynecological surgical units. This study compared the three most common type of repair procedures, native vaginal tissue repair, transvaginal mesh placements, and laparoscopic sacropexies with mesh. With native vaginal tissue repair as a reference group, the risk of serious operative complications was higher with both transvaginal mesh placements and laparoscopic sacropexies. Interestingly, any concomitant total hysterectomy also independently increased the risk of a serious surgical complication further. However, the risk of recurrence of prolapse requiring repeat surgery is both lower with transvaginal mesh placements and laparoscopic sacropexies when compared to native vaginal tissue repair. This information on the efficacy balance against surgical risk would be useful to patients in their clinical decision-making and providing informed consent for their treatment. Having a vaginal delivery is also known to increase the likelihood of subsequent stress urinary incontinence. The meat-urethral mesh sling procedures were popular methods of treating stress urinary incontinence, but more recently, these procedures have been curtailed in some countries due to the concerns on the long-term safety of the mesh implants. Another concern with mesh implants is the possibility that these implants may increase the risk of developing chronic systemic conditions such as autoimmune disease, chronic pain and fatigue. Muller reported the follow-up data on women who underwent urinary incontinence surgery for the first time in England for the years 2003 to 2013 without a previous diagnosis of any such condition. The follow-up outcome of women who underwent mid-urethral mesh sling procedures were compared to those who had bladder neck surgery without mesh implant. This study showed that the risk of developing an autoimmune disease fibromyalgia or myalgic encephalomyelitis was similar between the two groups of operations, and this result remained unchanged with a sensitivity analysis using patients with autoimmune disease alone. The findings from this study should provide some reassurance to those women who choose to have a mesh implant for the stress urinary incontinence surgery. I thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening to this podcast from BJOG. We have been reporting the best research in women's health since 1902. We are keen to hear your views. Tweet us at BJOG Tweets. You can find more podcasts at www.bjog.org.